Can you believe it? We are at episode 100. Thank you. You, the audience, has made this possible, and I appreciate you listening. Make sure you share what you've learned with others by sending them a link to your favorite episode. Now check out today's episode with Hannah Studley. After being violently mugged three times, she is surviving and thriving. Make sure you stay tuned to hear the methods she used to get to a place of peace and joy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hello Hot Flash. I'm so excited today to be here with Hannah. Hannah, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So am I, so am I. Hannah Stutley is with us again today, and she is a pioneer in the mind-body connection understanding. She has turned much of her experience and research into some fascinating novels. We're going to talk about those in a little bit. And her latest book explores hormones and how we are never broken and we don't need fixing. Okay, I really want to know more about that because <laughs> if we don't need fixing, eh. <laughs> But I know you have I know you have a, the perfect answer for that. So again, Hannah, thank you so much for being a guest today. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So we had an opportunity to talk and I've been doing some research on you and you have such a powerful story and an over a story of um, how we can all overcome when we're in certain situations. So can you give us a little bit of or tell us about your story? Sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I grew up in England and uh, I was mugged three times in my early 20s. Now, you know, it's it's horrendous being mugged one time, but three times was pretty bad. Um, so it was the early 1980s. Um, the first one, my skull was fractured in a nightclub when a, a young man wanted to dance with me. I didn't know him. I pushed him away. Next thing I know, his hand is on the back of my head and he smashed my head into a concrete pillar. Um, and uh, yeah, my fractured my skull. Um, the next one was about three years later. I was walking in the neighborhood where I'd been living as a student uh, at Manchester University, and uh, three men came out of the dark, uh, slammed me on the ground, and beat the living daylights out of me. They were looking for money. I didn't have any, and so um, I can remember screaming for my life, um, terrified they were going to kill me, and um, they left me, you know, in a pretty beat up, bad way on a piece of waste ground, and. I, you know, PTSD was only just being recognized at the time. So in Manchester, basically all I got was have a cup of tea, go home and walk it off. <laughs> so I got pretty, pretty sick. I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. Um, I, you know, was, um, they, they probably call it self-harm these days. I would punch the wall in, in absolute anger and, and then wake up with bruised, swollen hands. And I, I would hide it from people. I wouldn't want people to know, which is, I was dying for people to come and help me. And yet I couldn't articulate it. I couldn't let anybody know what I was going through. Um, so after that one, about a year after that one, I decided to move down to London where I started my career in the film business. Well, in uh, the th started in the theater and then eventually movies. Um, and I'd been there about three years again and, and I was riding my bicycle home from the theater that night mm. and a young a young boy who um I he, he caught my eye because he was he was on a very small child's bicycle which I remember thinking was weird right. and then he he got the bike and threw it at me um and I'm riding this way and it was like bam like it was it was like being shot out of a cannon at a brick wall it was the impact um happened all down my neck and shoulders and he actually broke my neck I didn't know this 
for about another two years. Um, C2 and C3 were cracked through, thank God, not the spinal cord, which I think was bruised at the time because I was very um, I was unable to hold my head up for quite a while. So I had a you know one of those neck braces on, and um, and I and I got better. Um, I kind of pulled it together eventually, and I I started ended up working in the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. Um, that took me um, to California where I worked on a lot of big movies. I did special effects. I mostly worked for Jim Henson's Creature Shop. If you remember, Jim made the Muppets and Sesame Street and all that wonderful stuff. But we we did special effects for other people's movies. I, I rarely did any Muppet stuff. Um, and so I was, um, I, I had this kind of dual life. Part of me um, was living this Hollywood, you know, dream career, flying around the world and working with the most amazing people. But um, back when I was in college, I'd actually trained as a counselor. So in between projects, I would do coaching and counseling. Um, so I was always, you know, I've been coaching people for 30 years now, more, almost 40 years. Um, and, uh, and, and so I kind of, I, I, I love doing that work because it kind of kept my feet on the ground and it was helping me with my you know, own traumas. And, and uh, so I was a trauma counselor basically for, for all that time. Um, but also during that time, I had a lot of chronic pain. I, um, because of the injuries, I had um, my arm would go numb sometimes. I had terrible back pain from where they slammed me on the ground. Um, I had sciatica pain shooting down my legs, and uh, it, it, you know, it was. I, I had a, I had a monthly chiropractor appointment for twenty five years, oh, wow. and in between, I would have these flare ups as well. There were times when I lost all feeling in my lower body. Um, and thank God it was temporary, but at the time I didn't know that. So, you know, that was quite scary thing to live with all the time. So I had this amazing life and also this, you know, other part of my life where I was barely holding it together. Um, and about six or seven years ago, I came across a new paradigm in psychology. And as I was researching and, and, and studying to become a practitioner, all my pain went away. Um, I, and IBS and allergies and eczema. And I was also just going through uh, perimenopause at the time. Um, and then, and then in, I had a hysterectomy, so I was then into menopause. And I was having a terrible time with fatigue and brain fog and hot flushes and night sweats. You guys know, you know, you know what it's like. Um, and I always say to people, brain fog, it wasn't just like, you know, finding the mayonnaise in the freezer kind of brain fog. It was like trying to think through molasses, things that I knew Mm. and I've been doing for years I couldn't quite find the words in my head you know it was it was quite frightening thinking you know Alzheimer's am I going mad you know Mm. it was a pretty bad way so with the chronic pain the menopause symptoms and then suddenly it went away my menopause symptoms went away my my chronic pain my allergies everything went away Mm. and I looking back I think it was because as I began to understand how the mind works my thinking slowed down. And so I was becoming much less reactive Mm. to my pain, to my my menopause symptoms, to life in general. And my nervous system got to calm down. And today I have, you know, I have been pain-free for six or seven years. I don't have, my allergies have gone away, which is incredible. I've had those since I was five years old. Um, And and my menopause symptoms are pretty much very minimal. You know, I, I don't really experience any of it anymore. So that's what I love to share with people. And that's really what I've been putting in my books and turning it into stories. So it makes it a bit more interesting to read as the characters go through all these um, experiences. That, yeah. That's completely amazing. But how did you get <laughs> from 
three violent attacks to mm-hmm. being pain-free. There had, was there a moment where there was something that just changed? Was there a certain type of therapy? What happened to get you from where you were and to where you are now? Yeah, um, I did a lot of um, you know, personal transformation work. You know, I was always reading the latest self-help books, you know, and, and as a trauma counselor, I was always curious and interested in what the latest um, treatments and stuff were. And I found a lot of them worked for a while, you know, like journaling worked for a while, you know, meditate. I was very much into meditation when I lived in Southern California. Um, that's what you do, you know, yeah. and, um, <laughs> you know and single out like, like latest gurus and, um, you know, and that kind of stuff. And I found everything was kind of like a temporary fix. Mm. And then when it really changed for me was like, like I said, about six or seven years ago, when I discovered this uh, new paradigm in psychology, it's called the three principles. And the three principles are really the foundation of how all those other therapies work. Mm. So if anybody's curious, the three principles are mind, thought, and consciousness. Um, and if you think about it, if you go from like Freudian analysis all the way through NLP, CBT, DBT, um, EFT, NPR, BBC, you know, <laughs> there's so many. I hear about a new therapy every week. Um, if you were to boil them all down, you would come to mind, thought and consciousness. Mm. You know, like they're the basic ingredients of how all psychological experience works. As human beings, we all work the same way. We all um, feel our thinking. We're we're actually living in the feeling of our thinking, not our circumstances. Because for the longest time, I thought the way I felt was because of, you know, those guys that hurt me, my mother, the ex-boyfriend, the the weather, the government, you know, my hormones, you know. I thought that I felt like a victim of my circumstances and my physiology. Um, and then when I when I started hearing that I was feeling my thinking about those circumstances and those people and those relationships, um, I think that's where I started to feel safe. Mm-hmm. The first time in my life, I started to feel safe in my own skin, in my own mind. And I realized that experience is actually created inside out, not outside in. Mm-hmm. Because when I thought it was outside in, I had to keep controlling all those relationships and circumstances. Um, You know, even, even the hormones, it was, um, I thought there was something wrong with them and they needed fixing. And I've, I've learned that there was absolutely nothing wrong. And this is how I started to see that we're never broken. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean I can't have a broken bone or can't have, you know, um, go through a a heartbreak or something, but the essential me, the essential us that can never be broken because it's it's spiritual you can't break spirit it's it has no form mm. right we are this incredible um spiritual energy that's connected to um a divine uh, infinite source whatever you want to call that the intelligence of the universe god higher power it doesn't matter what you call it but when when i was in the depths of the ptsd and i was you know it was like living in the basement mm-hmm. it was like i'd forgotten there was sunshine Mm. but then when all all it takes is a fresh new thought and to learn that I didn't have to be frightened by my thinking I didn't have to be frightened by my experience um it it changed my world and my world started feeling safe and then my nervous system calmed down and and I think that's why the pain went away I want to walk through that um so maybe a listener will will 
know how to experience that. So let me know if I have it right. So if you're mm-hmm. if you're there in your place and you're feeling or thinking about the attack or thinking about whatever is coming at you, it's what yeah. you're saying is what we need to do is process it, know that it's happening, but change the way that we are thinking about that feeling. Is that kind of it? I, or explain I mean, that. I would go even further. Mm-hmm. You see, that that's that's what a lot of the self-help work I was doing before was about changing thoughts, you know, reframing, you know, getting rid of it, meditating it away. That's a lot of work and it's exhausting. And like I said, it was very temporary that any relief I got. What I see now is that all thought is moving. It's a, it's an energy. It's moving through my mind. I mean, clouds are the best analogy. You know, like if you look at the sky, there's blue clouds, there's gray clouds, there's black clouds. I like, I like the white ones. I don't want the black ones. Right. Well, good luck trying to arrange those. They're going to move anyway. Right? <laughs> exactly. And, and the blue sky isn't damaged by what clouds are going through or even an airplane or, or birds, right? right? The blue sky is always there. We are the blue sky. Mm. The blue sky cannot be affected. It never goes away. Even in the middle of the darkest storm, you know, it could be in a tornado. There's, there's going to be a place where you can find peace. Mm-hmm. There's going to be, because you know it's going to pass. All storms pass. All mm-hmm. clouds move. Every thought we've ever had has moved through our minds. So even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's inappropriate, you know, criminal even, right? Yeah. It's going to move through my mind. And my, I, I'm a free will whether I listen to it or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was news to me. I didn't actually have to listen to my thinking. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's freedom. So yeah. I can still have a funky thought. Right. You know, I can still, you know, I'm, I'm a human being. I can still have a hurt feeling or, you know, a funky thought. But I realize I don't have to listen to it. I don't have to react. It doesn't have to become part of me. Mm-hmm. It's moving on. And any any work, all the kind of work I used to do, right. I now see it's a misunderstanding because if thought is always moving, if I try and work on that thought, it's it's almost as if I'm dragging that train back into the station and trying to work out how to make it leave. Well, it already left. Right. That's <laughs> right. yeah, very Right. So working on thoughts, trying to change them, manage them in some way, I now see was uh, like uh, I actually was messing with the system because it was creating more stress mm-hmm. and more thoughts. And now um, it's so much fresher and easier just to see that experience. Now, people listening might say, yeah, but you don't know what it's like in my head or you don't know what I'm going through. And yes, some of us have been through some very difficult things, but I can tell you, I've been through some really tough stuff and and not just the physical stuff, but, you know, like maybe emotional stuff or, you know, um, uh, some people have some severe diagnoses even. But I guarantee you, at the if you were to mention any diagnosis, mm-hmm. I guarantee you at the root of it, at the beginning of it, was some prolonged stressful thinking. Mm-hmm. And people innocently get caught up in that. And then we're experiencing our thinking and not we're not present in our lives. And the more present I came in my life, all those physical symptoms I had like melted away. I, I think this is so powerful what you're saying. And I, I get it because I've had to, and didn't know that that was what I was doing, but I've had to work through some things myself. And, and it's right. It's like not allowing that thought to sit with you. Not a, You're not ruminating on the thought. You're not, mm-hmm. not giving it life and giving it any yeah. type of credibility. You're allowing it to pass through. But what yeah. I 
didn't recognize, or what I think is even more fascinating is when you talk about, so for mental health, fine, that's great. But like your allergies went away. Like, I don't get that part. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, mine went away when I stopped eating meat, but I've had allergies since I was five. And this year it's like, I don't know what's going on. So I'm thinking maybe you can help me with that. With the passing, <laughs> because it's right. surfaced itself after years and years and years. So, how does yeah. that help with other parts of your body, um, your hormones, your allergies, and things like that? Yeah, great question. Um, like, my pain went away first, mm-hmm. and that seemed pretty obvious. That my my muscles were tight as a result right. of the tension and the stress. That kind of made sense to me. My allergies um, took a couple of years to, they kind of got milder and milder. Like where I live now, um, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Israel. So I'm actually allergic to olive, um, the blossom of olive trees. And you can't go more than, you know, like five, five feet where I live without bumping into an olive tree. They're everywhere. They're in my courtyard, you know. And so between like uh, March, April through May, I used to, be sneezing my head off, burning eyes, you know, like sinus infections. My school bag was like a pharmacy when I was, you know, in high school. Um, Surgeries, like all kinds of things to fix it. And again, temporary relief, but nothing long lasting. My allergies have been gone for about, I don't know, four or five years now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got a slight bit of congestion, but nothing like it used to be. Right. So the way I understand it now is um, I remember reading, uh, I think it was Deepak Chopra, who said that the immune system is a traveling nervous system. So it is actually very similar the way my pain went away, like my nervous system calmed down. I think, and I say I'm not a doctor, I'm not a medical professional at all, but from a lot of the people I've worked with, the lot of research I've read and my own experience, um, I think what could have happened mm-hmm. is that you know when we were young my, mine also started when I was about four or five years old you know the hay fever you know all that kind of stuff um I I was my family fairly normal but my older brother um he really went off the rails he was really having a difficult time he's about seven years older than me so I was still quite young when he was you know an early teenager my parents didn't cope with it well so there was a lot of screaming and shouting Um, I was the only girl, the youngest child, you know, you're in the way, go somewhere else. You know, they they were dealing with, you know, this, this uh, um, crisis for them and nobody talked to me. Nobody told me what was going on. So I think part of me was, you know, at an early age, I got very insular. I got very up in my head. I didn't know what was happening. So I also had chronic cystitis as a small child, which is also, I think was a way I think all of these things are, um, they're, they're signals, they're messages coming from our body telling us um, that, to slow down. I was up in my head and trying to work things out. You know, as a vet, you know, it's, I've only recently started realizing just how anxious I was. I never thought of myself as an anxious person. My clients were anxious. Other people are anxious. You know, I, I get on with it. But I get on with it in a way that I'm battling, you know, my thinking that wants to drag me down. So all that fighting in my head, that perfectionist thinking that, you know, I'm a survivor, I'm going to do this. I can see now that all the physical things I was experiencing were actually um, signals from from my brain and my body to to calm down, to slow down, that that you're safe. And one, one of the sayings I use with my clients is, if you can't hear your body whisper, you'll have to hear it scream. Mm. 
Mm. My body was screaming at me. It was screaming at me through the allergies, through through the back pain, and then the menopause symptoms. And I've read a lot of research, and that's what you know. You mentioned my my latest book. Here it is. It's called Very Well. And there's um, some research. It's, it is a novel, but in the middle, the characters go to a lecture, and the research they hear is about how. Um, often women who are having a diff more difficult time in menopause and a more difficult time, you know, with their monthly cycle often have a history of trauma or prolonged stressful thinking. And so it's not that the hormones are malfunctioning. It's just that we're, um, our nervous systems are kind of hyperreactive. Mm. My nervous system was hyperreactive to pollen and to, you know, grass, you know, all the things I, that my allergies were about. My menopause symptoms were a hyper reaction to that natural fluctuation in hormones. Mm. And so, like I said, we're, we're feeling our, our thinking. I'm feeling, you know, when I would wake up with a, you know, a, a hot flush or a night sweat, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Why is this happening? Like, can, can you hear the, the yeah. right, the reaction? Yeah. With my pain, it's like, I can't believe this is still happening. Like, maybe I'm going to go be paralyzed. Why is this going to, like, the sneezing, this isn't fair. I had to deal with it. Oh. My, my reaction, I, I'm tempted to say overreaction, but um let's say hyper reaction is more <laughs> it's a bit easier to swallow when you say hyper reaction um was keeping my nervous system in that fight or flight response which was you know it's one thing having the physical thing like your natural fluctuation of hormones and then you've got this boatload of um reaction mm. and stress and then you've got cortisol and adrenaline and all this stuff is you know going into the body as well and my my poor nervous system was screaming at me slow down and stop and so as I began to understand this, I think we innocently misunderstand it. It's not, it's not fault. I, won't, I don't want anybody to hear uh, blame or fault in any of this. I, we all would do better. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> we, we'd all do better if we knew better. Mm -hmm. Now I've learned not to be frightened of my a mood or, or a, a funky thought or you know, a physical symptom. I can still get a twinge or a slight hot flush. And now I'm just like, nah, whatever, you know, and then because I'm not reacting to it, it's not activating the, the stress response. And so it, it moves through much quicker. I mean, when I was a kid, I, my teens, I, I dreamed of being a woman of grace and dignity when I grew up. I'm still dreaming about it, but I think I'm getting there. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think I'm getting there now. Being able to handle life situations with grace and dignity, we all have the ability to do that mm -hmm. unless we're caught up in our thinking and we're feeling the stress and not the not the situation. So um everybody works the same way. We all have an ability to to not react. And the more we understand this, the more safer we feel. And, and so the, the grace and dignity can come and be part of our lives instead of the stress and trauma. I love that. I love the way you explain that. And I won't go into my own thoughts around what you're saying. I'm like, but in my mind, I'm going, oh, oh, yeah. Like I now see even back as a childhood, I, I can think of a story and I can think of the connection and I can think of stories that I've told myself about and how I hyper react to some things and how once I make, when I made some decisions to make some changes, how some of those pains and aches became less and less, but mm. I also know there's still work to do. So I'm, I'm happy that you're having this conversation with us because being thoughtful about our thinking 
I, I totally believe that it can change the way we feel and react. You're, you're absolutely living proof of that. Yeah, so how did a, an Academy Award winning career <laughs> in Hollywood working yeah. with, you know, the Hollywood folks, how did that turn um, you into someone who, or lead you to be someone who helps people with chronic health issues? Yeah, it's, it seems like such a, a different career. And in many ways it is, but the way I, personally tie it together is in, in Hollywood, my, my job in, in special effects was to convince you that something was real that wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was specifically, I was, I was making copies of real animals so that they could talk, you know, like, like Babe, the, the movie Babe, it's full of farm animals. And when I tell people there are puppets, you know, I made the puppets in that movie, they go, there's no puppets. I say, does your dog talk? <laughs> and, they, and they say, oh, it's computers. I'm like, not in 1993, it wasn't. That's, that's, gosh, it's that old now. Um, so, you know, I made wings for John Travolta. John Travolta cannot fly, but we made wings for him. You know, it was all an illusion. Right. I mean, all of Hollywood is an illusion, but but more even more so the special effects. Now, the way I tie that together with what I'm doing now is that my mind has a better special effects department than anything me or Steven Spielberg could come up with, right? Mm -hmm. My mind can convince me of all kinds of things that are true that really aren't, right? right? Uh, We convince ourselves, um, you know, that we're broken, that, that, you know, we'll, we'll never get better, that no one understands, you know, that, you know, when we get into a very low mood, we can convince ourselves that we're not lovable, that we're never gonna succeed, it's never gonna change. Now, can you feel that 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 kind of thinking is very heavy? I was going to say there was a weight. Yeah. Yes. Like even my shoulders go up when I describe it. So I've learned that when my thinking feels heavy, it feels intense. It feels urgent not to listen to it. It's unreliable in that moment. And I just want to go back to something you said about childhood. If if I go back into my traumas and talk about them from a low mood, it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. I'm crying, you're crying, you know, like it, it's going to be uh, horrible. And that's what I did for many years. And I think that's what a lot of what um, I call low mood therapy does, taking back in the past. And it feels heavy and intense and it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not in denial. I can talk, you know, like I have today, I've talked about what happened to me and I can go into quite graphic detail with it of how terrifying it was. But from a better state of mind and a, a better mood, I can do it with understanding, even compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys that hurt me, they didn't know me. They just, you know, that they, they made a mistake. That was the best they could do with the really crappy thinking they were having that day. Wow. And I can do that with compassion and understanding from a better state of mind. Mm-hmm. So the illusions, like, like in Hollywood, we were creating all kinds of illusions. You watch a movie, that, a scary movie, you're like, ah, you know, what's happening? Right? Your, your nervous system is, is activated from watching a movie, but you know, it's, an, you know, it's a movie. It's going to be over. Yeah. I know the same thing about my thinking now. If I have a physiological reaction to my thinking, I know it's going to pass. You know, it's, it's, the movie's going to end and I'll come back to this moment where, you know, where I am talking with you right now, having this lovely conversation, I'm safe. I'm okay. In this moment, I'm always okay. And so I see that now. I mean, that's how I connect the two. Um, That there's always, there's always fresh and new. We always have this ability to be fresh and new in this moment. And, and when I don't buy into the illusions 
I don't get caught up in my thinking and then I don't have to end up in that horrible dark place anymore. Is that yeah. part of the reason you have the quote, we are always feeling our thinking? Mm -hmm. Does that align with that? Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Because um, for me, like th these ideas that I'm sharing with you, they, they come from um, uh, an amazing man called Sidney Banks. He's passed away now, but he kind of put all these ideas together, the three principles. And that's kind of his most famous quote, which is, um, if only people could learn not to be afraid of their own experience, that would change the world. And it certainly changed my world. Learning that um, I'm always feeling my thinking. So if I'm in a low mood, I'm going to feel low, mm -hmm. you know? And the same is true that, you know, if you're in a good mood, if you're thinking happy, abundant, joyful thinking, you cannot be in a low mood, right? It's, it's a reliable system and we all work the same way. Yeah. So I, when I'm working with my clients, I don't take them back into the past unless they insist on telling me a story. I don't encourage them to do that. Like I said, we're not in denial, but that's not where the healing is. Mm -hmm. The healing is in understanding that we're thinking, not what we're thinking. Mm -hmm. When you understand that you're thinking, when you understand the mechanism of how, you know, how it works, you don't have to be a victim of your circumstances. You don't have to be a victim, a victim of your history. You don't have to be a victim of your relationships. It's it's so freeing and, and brings a lot of compassion into, into myself and into, into my relationships with other people <clears throat> that we're, we're all doing the best we can with the thinking we have right now. And because thinking changes, we all have the ability to be fresh and new in the next thought, the next moment. <clears throat> it's a lot of hope. Yes, yes. So why are we never broken? Um, so the reason I, I point people to that is because if, if when you see that thought is always moving and you see it's coming from some kind of creative source, mm -hmm. some kind of infinite creative source, then we are actually, because we're connected to that creative source, that's who we really are. Mm -hmm. And and energy can't be broken. Right. You can't like it's formless. It's it's love. It's kindness. It's it's creativity, and it's infinite. There's no limit to it. And you can't break infinite. You can't break limitless. You can't break break energy. Um, it's only when I identify with the thoughts that have taken shape. They've taken a form, and I've you know identify with labels like trauma and and diagnoses and and my my past. You know, I was the girl who was mugged three times. Whilst I was identifying with that, I became that, right? But but it was an illusion. That's not who I am, clearly, because I don't identify that way anymore, right? I don't identify with much, really, other than um, what's happening in the moment. Right. So I think that's why we can't be broken is because we are, we are that creative energy before all those thoughts, before all the, the pain and the difficulties, the pain and difficulties are, is passing through. And if we think it's who we are, it's only because we've got caught up in the illusion and that, and there's a way out of that. Mm, that's, that's super powerful. What hormones are impacted by trauma and what can we do to heal those hormones? Well, um, like I said, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay away from the medical stuff because I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, if I try and think what it is, I'll get it wrong. But hormones um, are messengers. Mm -hmm. 
they're they're not broken they're not wrong obviously some people do have a you know it's a very small amount of people who do need a med- medical assistance with um you know like the thyroid and you know things like that um but most of us are just having a reaction um to to the the hormone experience we're having in mm-hmm. fact in my book you know I, the research i mentioned like this um professor she tested uh, there was a group of women she had with PMDD, which is a very um, extreme um, form of um, premenstrual tension, and a group which she called healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she tested their hormone levels. These women were suicidal, the women who had the diagnosis, and their hormone levels were the same. Wow. I mean, when I say same, they were flu- they fluctuate right, right, because that's right. that's why we call it a cycle. Right. But when being a good researcher, she te- she kind of went back to that group and, and asked them a lot of questions. And she discovered that they had experienced either trauma or some kind of anxiety, some kind of prolonged stressful thinking. And that had kind of, I don't know if you would say trained the nervous system or it become a habit, but as their monthly cycle went through, and it's also true for postpartum depression and also true for, for menopause, is that when we have a sudden you know, change in, in our hormone levels, it was almost like we were treating that as another trauma to deal with. Mm. So it's not that the hormones are, are malfunctioning or broken or wrong. They're doing what they need to do. We're, we're going through a life cycle. We're going through a monthly cycle. Um, it comes back to our reaction. We're, we're always feeling um, our, our reaction to our, even our physical bodies, not just our circumstances, and that's the good news is because we have control over that. When we understand, you know, then we don't, like I was saying, you don't have to have a big reaction to it. And therefore um, I can have a, a terrible history of trauma a terrible um, menopause experience. But today, right now, I'm not experiencing it now. I'm in this beautiful sunny moment with you and, and I'm safe and I'm okay. That's amazing. I, I'm like, so much is going through my mind right now. Uh, ooh, I right. It's going through, right? It's going it's through, passing. yeah. It's going through, yeah. yeah. But it, it's positive. It's like, okay, you can change your thought patterns. You can let that pass by. You can, so there's just, there's a lot going on right now, but I'm excited. It's- I love when I interview someone and I'm like, ooh, I just got a free coaching session. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I, I, definitely received an excellent session today. I'm so (laughs) excited about this. Tell Mm -hmm. us what is the best mental health advice that you've ever received? Um, I I think it's what we just discussed about not being broken, because I think so many of us get the message that there's something wrong with us, whether it's, you know, a physical thing like menopause, you know, that there's, you know, we're, we're malfunctioning somehow. Um, Sometimes even see menopause presented as an illness, you know, um, or whether it's because we've gone through some trauma or we're different, you know, we're in a difficult relationship, for example, knowing that you can never be broken. That to me is the most hope you can give to somebody. Yes, we can be in difficult situations sometimes, but when you, when you get in touch with that resilience that everybody has, you will um, come to a place where um, common sense and wisdom can kick in and guide you how to deal with it. And then, then we get inspired and, you know, like it's, it's, there is a way out. And so no, 
I think hope is is one of the most best gifts you can give to people. Um, so I hope the, the the ladies listening, you know, the um, whether they're women going through something like now or or when when we were teenagers, whatever it is, um, that knowing that your your body is beautiful and it works with incredible wisdom and we don't have to be a victim of it and you can't be broken I think that's the most amazing gift you could give to somebody yeah thank you so much Hannah can Mm -hmm. you tell everyone a little bit more about the book and how they can get in contact with you yeah sure so um all three books are on Amazon um so uh the first one is called the myth of low self-esteem that's the one about trauma the, the middle one is called Painless. That's the story about how I got free of my chronic pain. And this one, like I said, came out a couple of months ago. It's called Very Well. Um, so they're all on Amazon. My name, um, if you can see it on, on the Zoom here, but it's, it's pronounced Hannah, but it's spelled C-H-A-N-A. And this is also the name of my website. Um, it's my name, Hannah Studley at, uh, sorry, it's hannahstudley.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook group with a, almost a th- 3000 people in it now where we're discussing these ideas for fun and for free. Um, and I'm starting up a men- membership group very soon. Um, so um, a paid membership on my website where you can, um, you know, have access to me. I do, I'm doing a Q&A every week um, and I have a book club. So um, on very well, we've just started um, studying this together. It's a 10 week book club, but it's going to continue in the membership. So all those things you can find out, um, say on on my website. Um, so yeah, and and if anybody's you know interested in some one on one coaching or you know I have programs and uh, we can definitely um, discuss that. And I have um, you know, a free discovery call that you can uh, check out with me to see if it's the right thing for you. So please be in touch. Yeah. Yes, well, I'm, I'm sure folks will after they listen to this. Um, what I will do is make sure that all of those links are in the show notes. So on my website as well. So, and on all our social media platforms to make sure that people know how to get in contact with you. Thank you so much for your time. This was so exciting and very impactful for me personally. So I appreciate it. Great. I appreciate Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, you're (laughs) welcome. Everyone, thank you so much for listening in Hello Hot Flash, where we help you control the midlife change. Make sure again to check out the show notes where we will include links to all the subjects we talked about today. And if you want to... um, Learn how to manage your hormones so you can sleep better, have more energy, and manage your weight. Check out the quiz on hellohotflash.com. It only takes 90 seconds. Everyone, here's to your health. Stop the hot flashes and control the weight with the online course, Mastering Menopause. This self-paced course is designed to help women lose weight, sleep better, have less anxiety, and take control of midlife changes. Mastering Menopause. Find out more on hellohotflash.com.